If you would turn in your pew hymnals to the book of Galatians, which is page 1812, that's chapter 3. Let's talk for a minute about freedom. We live in the United States of America. Freedom is important to me. I like to be free to do what I want to do within reason. I like to be, we like to be free so much in America that we broke away from Europe and we came to this country and founded it so we wouldn't be under the finger of any other person. No over rulers or overseers that we could worship God the way that we wanted to worship God in the way we wanted to worship God and not be persecuted imprisoned or killed for plus it was a big money money making operation but anyhow we fought World War II on two fronts trying to preserve freedom Trying to fight back evil. I don't know about you, but I fight for as much freedom as I can get every day. You know, you got certain groups of people that do what they do just specifically for the feeling of having freedom. You got bikers, rodeo cowboys, thrill seekers of every kind. People jump out of airplanes. He's not here this morning, but. Tom Wilson used to do that at OU, and one time his parachute didn't open. You know, people take risks because we're free to do so. You're free to drive 90 miles an hour down that road right there until you get caught. Freedom can be taken too far. But in the book of Galatians chapter 3, this is freedom from sin. Freedom from the law. Freedom from working your way into holiness. In Galatians chapter 3, in my Bible it reads, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that ye should not obey the truth, therefore whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you, This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, for by the hearing, but but by the hearing of faith. Ye are so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, and are ye now made perfect in the flesh? And that is a question. They started out their Christian life living on faith living on hope, accepting the mercy and grace that God has given them and accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. All gimmies. They're all gimmies. They're just a decision. Doesn't require a whole lot of major effort on these decisions. But you're free to choose. And they have exercised their freedom to choose. 
because they had fallen away. You forget about the grace and the mercy. I know that I do. I'm a, I'm a big time overthinker. When I first started attending church regularly in my adult life, I would talk to the pastor, which was usually a mistake, after church, and we would talk about a lot of things. And we would talk about sin and like the repetitiousness of it and how you have your mind set to do something, but you, your thoughts are running wild and your actions soon follow. And, and you commit the sin that you repented of. And, you know, go back to God. And he had me terrified that, you know, you could not, there, there, there was a limit that you could reach before God just gave you over to a reprobate mind and washed his hands of you. And he believed this and told me this. And I'm not quite sure that that applied in that situation. You know, we get defeated because we get down on ourselves about the things that we've done. And that's, that's part of it. But it's when we start getting down on others that I feel like with all my heart, God has a problem with it. The Bible teaches against it. We're fixing to hit on it hard in Romans chapter 14. Have you ever, I've got a list, all right? I've got a list of things in my life that are acceptable and unacceptable for me. Actions, things that I can do. Now, in these things that I find acceptable, you know, there still is a speed limit you have to stay in. There's still God's guidance and Jesus' guidance and his love and his will for your life. But we're free to choose. Other people have other lists that are more out in the open. Um, you know, to get hung up on just about anything. So as we leave the foolishness of Galatians 3 and how they were left behind faith and grace and wanted to just jump right back into works by the law, let's, do, let's look at Galatians, uh, Romans 14 to try to prevent ourselves from doing the same thing. Romans 14, verse 1. Him that is weak in faith receive ye, not to doubtful dispositions. For one believeth that he hath eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God had received him. Um, I work with friends that believe, and I've gone to church with people that believe that if you wear makeup, it's not good. That's a no-no in God's eyes. If you drive a fancy car that you can afford and it's nobody else's business, you know, that's excess. They want to go, well, they could have done something else with that money. Or if you wear your hair done 
or pants. If you go to restaurants where people drink, they also serve food. When you look at other people's actions and you judge them because they don't meet up to the convictions of your heart, to the standards of your heart, you know, we each have our own conscience. I call it my soft, still voice. God speaks to me. And mine wears me out on the daily. Not as God intended it to, but because I'm weak and reflect back. We cannot let our strengths stop somebody else from coming to God. And I say strengths in the loosest sense of the word. A new Christian... An infant born does not need to hear that every move that they make is wrong. They do not need to hear that everything that they say and do is horrible coming from you or me. God is their judge. We're there to guide. But we have to be very careful. I mean, this is just about as touchy as preaching on tithing, so we're going to skip that. God loves you. You love God. That's what we profess. How do you show it? How are you showing your love that you have for Jesus Christ? How are you the moon to the sun? How are you reflecting his light into the world? I'm not doing a great job of it. I spaz out. I worry. But the last thing I'm going to worry about is what somebody else is doing because I got my own stuff going on and lots of it. So as we sit in judgment of other people, we block out the blessing of having them draw closer to us. When you encourage somebody, when I'm at work... And all I hear after everybody that I talk to and everything that I bump into and every report that I read and it's all negative and everything's bad, it is hard to be motivated to work. It's hard to be motivated to put in more effort when all the effort that you've just put in has been fed back to you and nobody liked none of it. See, that's their opinion and that's their right. And it's also my right to not like what they have to say. But I don't quit, even though sometimes you want to. You just keep going and you keep trying until you get it right. Maybe it's a procedure. Maybe it's anything. But that new person learning that thing needs time. They need nurturing. They need love. They need attention. You ever trained a new person at a job? A kind of complicated one? It's an investment. It's a big investment. And when they don't make it, it's upsetting. When we're given new Christians, when we're giving young Christians new converts, we're their trainers. 
We're what they see. We're God's Word in action. If nowhere else, at least inside the church. We support them. And we love them. And we do our best that we can do in our own little special way to show them the way to Jesus. And then we let God give the increase. I sent a text message to Steve last night letting him know that what my text was going to be about, I have not mentioned a single word on all three pages of these notes. I'm not a note guy. But I'll keep looking at them, and I'm going to find something on there. But I called Steve, just, you know, let him know what the text and everything was about, what our scriptures were. He said, preach what's on your heart, what God puts on your heart. Now, this is what God's put on my heart. We don't treat each other well. When we have an idea, and I'm talking about church, we're not at work, we're not at home, we're not with anybody else. When we have an idea, and it comes up against opposition, we have a problem, and we take offense. Because we like to do things our way. I know that there are people in this church that have been with this church forever. They've had the same job. And they do this job. And they've been doing it forever. And they don't even know it. But we're in a rut. We get focused on taking care of business. Portion of church. We get focused on Sunday school classroom structure. We get focused on fellowship dinner. We get focused on everything except getting the new convert through that door. When I also sent Steve another text last night asking him if he knew any way to get somebody to come to church that I was more than happy to receive it. He said he didn't have nothing. I've invited people to church all my life. All of it. Five in a hundred? Maybe. That came, stayed, and are still going to church this day. I may know about more that I didn't get to see. There was just a seed planted. They didn't come go with me, but they did go. I don't, I've always taken it as a rejection of me personally. That I'll invite them, and then I go to thinking, well, they do, they are around me all day, every day, you know. Maybe I don't have what they're looking for. Maybe I don't meet their standards. You know, seldom is that ever the case. People don't go to church. They don't believe in God. Or if they do, 
It's one that fits their own little mold. We got to grow. We got to grow. We've got to do things to build each other up. Every single person that's here is the most important person in this room. God loves each and every one of us to his fullest extent. There was something in Galatians started about verse 8 as I flip back over here. Chapter 3, verse 8 that just appeals to my heart. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen Unless you're Jewish, that's you. Through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. I know for a fact that in my life there's nobody responsible for my actions but my own. There's nobody responsible for the words that proceed out of my mouth but my own. It's going to be a rough one. But through grace, mercy, and love God will do it for me. Through His guidance through his soft, still voice. Through the seeds that were planted by a grandmother and aunts on both sides of my family, there was an example set. I had somebody to look to. Not everybody's got that. I had a grandmother that, I don't know, she probably had Paul in the headlock if she could have got a hold of him at one point in time in her life. Me and her got into a debate. It wasn't really a debate because I, I didn't know nothing compared to what my grandmother. And I started going down this deal because my wife was getting on my nerves. So I come to Grandma with the Bible. It's in there. I see it. When she got through laughing at me, she told me that Paul just didn't like women and I needed to get over it and move on. My loving, kind grandmother told me that more times than she ever said, Greg, you're right. Because she told me the truth. Every time. I think she did anyway. I imagine she saved my feelings a few times too. Not everybody has that, and I know that, or has had that. 
But what a blessing it is to the rest of our family, the lives that we lead as well, not just our co-workers and our friends, the people we associate with. It's our job, it's our duty to go out and bring in these infants that's talked about in Romans chapter 14. Birth, uh, page 1765. I want to skip down to verse 5. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So if you don't treat this day a certain way, God's got a problem with you? No. Man's got a problem with you because man wants to put the yoke on you. They're not doing this right. They're not doing that right. It goes on to tell us in verse 14, I mean chapter 14, that for a a mature Christian, certain things are okay. They're at this level in their in their Christian maturity that it is not a stumbling block for them. It doesn't come in between them and God. It's something that they've been led to that's okay. Then you have somebody that's new in the faith or somebody that's a little bit more stringent in the faith and they look at it and it's a problem. It's a problem for them, it's a problem for you, and it's a problem for everybody that they talk to about you. Those comments are all straight from the pits of hell. No man or woman sits in judgment of you. If you live your life, remembering Romans 14, You do what God has put on your heart for you to do. You do the things that your conscience leads you into. And not what somebody else's opinion tells you to do. Every single person in here that I see this morning got up and come to church because this is where they wanted to be. Close to God. To feel closer to God. To worship Him. To feel love, grace, and mercy. Not to feel the condemnation of man and all how they think that everybody needs to be doing. If you want to wear makeup, please. Please wear makeup. If you don't, that's fine too. You won't hear a word out of me. I don't think either one of them is going to keep you in or out of hell. I, don't think it's, I just don't think it's that big a concern. It's like me praying for my golf game. I just really don't know if he's caring a whole lot about that. His plate's kind of full, you know. All we need to know is God loves us. And ain't none of us perfect. 
and your failures that you made yesterday will more than likely be repeated at some point in time in the next six days till we get back here again to love each other, to build each other up, and to care for each other. This is our hospital. I don't know about y'all, but I have some weeks that I walk in here with two broke legs, a broke arm, and bleeding on, bleeding on the brain. I feel like I have bleeding on the brain this morning because I can't speak, and this is the only thing I usually can do is talk. We're beat, we're battered. We're doing the best we can do. And the devil's out there, and he's fighting us tooth and nail and doing everything he can to get in between you and God. You know, I talked about freedom. All right? But remember, if you're on I-30, you can go 75 miles an hour. But if you're on 82, with your freedom, you get off the main road, and you're out there, and you're freedom, and you're seeing the sights, and you're enjoying everything else. Don't drive 75 miles an hour, because it's illegal. You will get pulled over. We can't do just anything that we want to do, and thank goodness for that. But we do have freedom to eat what we want to eat. With not having it looked at in the Old Testament terms, you know, when they sacrificed an animal to one of their idols, not all the animal went to the idol, half of it went to the butcher shop. They have a name for it, but I can't remember what it's referred to as in the Bible. But it's just the scraps, the leftovers. But it's really not. It's a whole side of beef. And they're cutting this sucker up into steaks. And if you slap one down in front of me, I'm going to eat it. Because that has no effect on heaven and hell for me. Paul, Paul said the same thing. That's not going to condemn you. We have enough real sins to worry about, to think about, and to correct. Not man's opinion on how you should dress, act, drive, what you do with your money. All that stuff is nobody's business but yours. Because when you look at that person, let's say in that car or in that house, ooh, it's a big fine house, and yeah, they could have done such and such and such and such. How do you know they didn't? How do you know they're not given enough to three ministries to keep them going? You don't. How do you know that they're not tithing 12% of their income because they can? You don't. You don't. You don't know nothing. We know our own heart. We know what's given to us here in this Bible. And you know your motives. I tell you once again, God loves you. And He wants you to be happy, blessed, to live without fear, to live without anxiety, to live without comparing yourself to others, and to walk where you're at in your walk. See, God comes to you where you're at. He didn't pull Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fire. He climbed in there with them. And he'll be in the fire with you. And that 
helps me sleep at night. Would everybody please stand? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this house of worship. And thank you, Lord, for each and every person that's here this morning. Thank you for blessing us abundantly, for loving us unconditionally, for having mercy after mercy after mercy upon us because your grace is sufficient for our failures. Your grace is sufficient for our sins. And we are saved through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number 56, to God be the glory.